This is The Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota, and I am Pastor Joe Faldet. Today's sermon was preached on January 10th here at Hosanna, and we were looking at Luke 2, verses 8 through 21, looking at the shepherds and the angels and what that means for us. May God bless you as you hear. Our sermon today is going to be taken from Luke 2, verses 8 through 21. If you please rise out of honor of God's word. Luke 2, 8 through 21. Nathaniel, I can't... Uh, Change it. Okay. Um, Faith with feet. We're looking at the shepherds and the angels. And I read in Jesus' name, Luke 2, 8 through 21. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And the angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Let us pray. Father, as we come to study your word, to seek to apply it to our lives, we ask that you would be glorified, Lord, and that you would be at work in us and in this world through us. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So as we're... Well, I've, I've been contemplating the book of James. Because in the book of James, James tells us that, you know, faith without works is a dead faith. That it's, it's something that, it's just there. It's the carcass. It doesn't have life. It doesn't have, it doesn't bear fruit. And so as I've been thinking about that, and then I was reading this passage, it, it struck me that really what the shepherds are doing here is they're revealing to us, this story reveals to us the Christian walk. And it reveals to us evangelism. Like, what does evangelism look like as Christians? Because how many of you hear the word evangelism and you get a little bit of anxiety? Like, a couple? Okay. Like, oh no, Pastor Joe's going to get up here and he's going to tell me i got to go and evangelize more and I, he, he wants me to go and start knocking on doors like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, no. That's not what this is about. Because that's kind of an... I'm not going to say that's artificial because some people might be called to that. Like, I actually... How many of you were here when Darwin Jackson came here? Um, a few. And Darwin is just like, if you speak to Darwin for more than seven minutes, I don't know why I picked seven minutes, but 
If you talk to Darwin for more than seven minutes, you're going to know that he loves Jesus and that you ought to as well. It, it just bubbles out of him. You know, kind of like the water bubbles out in a uh, pasta pot if you're not paying attention. Whew, that's Darwin and the gospel. Like it's just there. It just starts up and then boom, there it is. Um, this, is this is evangelism, what the shepherds are doing. They're walking through evangelism. So first, they get the message. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And so the Luke, I almost said the author of the book of Luke. <sighs> Luke is painting us a picture here. And this picture is a picture of the gospel being shared. The angels coming with the revelation. The angels coming with the glory of God, with the truth of God. Because the glory of God is the truth about who God is. Who God is, what God does, what God has done, what God will do. This is the glory of God. The greatest thing that you could see about God is the truth about God. You can't amplify the truth about God. You can take that which is far away, and they say magnify, and take that which is far away and bring it near. That's the magnification of the glory of God. But the reality is, we're not making anything bigger. We're just so far away from it as sinners that we need someone to amplify that, to not amplify, to magnify that towards us. And so if we magnify God, what we're doing is we're bringing that truth. Here, the angels are bringing the glory of God. They're bringing the truth about God to a bunch of shepherds because we live in a world that believes lies about God. We live in a world that teaches lies about God. We live in a world that is built on lies about God. And so unless the truth of God is brought into this world, it won't be known. And what's an angel? A messenger. So a messenger comes to the shepherds. The messenger brings the news to the shepherds. And what's that news? God's working. God's not dead. God's not gone. God's not distant. God's not imaginary. God's got news for you. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The Lord. We're bringing kings come. There is someone, and not a king in terms of someone who is going to rule over, lord over, who's going to be a tyrant, be a dictator. He's he's not going to be some petty earthly politician. This is Christ, the one anointed by God. So God's chosen is coming into this world and he's going to be savior. And this is the message that the shepherds hear and this is the message that, that we hear too. This is the message that we're called to bring into our lives. That the things in our lives, so have have any of you felt any fear or any anxiety in the last week? Mark hasn't at all. There are a couple of you have. Yeah. You know what? Those things that you fear, those things that you've been anxious about, they're not Lord. They're not Lord. Politicians, they're not Lord. They're not in control. They think they are. The media is trying to tell us that they are. Actually, I'm going to have an aside and come back. So our aside is, our media 
They are prophets and they are priests for the religion of politics. We have a religion of politics in America. It's a false religion because our gods, okay, nice words, Joe. Our gods are lying to us. Our American gods, who are American gods? Trump, Biden, Democrats, Republicans. These people, they say we're in control. We'll figure it out. We'll protect you. We'll save you. They're false gods. And our media, they are prophets and priests to those gods. To those people claiming to be gods. Claiming to be in control. Claiming to be in power. Claiming to know best for Kathy's life. Because obviously someone in Washington knows what's best for a farm in Godal. None of those things that we fear in this world are Lord's. Unto you this day is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. And so I would encourage you, I've been meditating on this, well, all day yesterday. Maybe it's time that we take a fast from media. You know, have any of you ever been on a diet for your bodies? You know, try to lose weight or try to become taller or something. Ken has, obviously. (laughs) Ken's on the egg diet. He only eats 24 a day. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, right. You know, when you're on a diet, you cut things back. And you find that it doesn't have as much control over you. And so maybe... One of the things that we should, especially when you're fasting, one of the things that I've learned from fasting is that I don't need to eat. It doesn't need to control me. You know, I'm sure, have any of you ever fasted for extended periods? You know, like day, couple days? It really teaches you about food, doesn't it? My food doesn't need to control me. I don't need to revolve my life around food, even though I like to, obviously. But maybe we should fast from media for a little while. Take a day and say, you know what? I'm not even going to watch the news. Or if you're really addicted, take four. Say, I'm not even going to watch the news. I'm not going to listen to anything that CBS says. I'm not going to go on Facebook. I'm going to stay away from everything that's telling me about stuff that doesn't matter. If you have to watch the markets, that's fine. You know, if that's your job, sure. But I would encourage you. Lent is coming. You're right. Maybe that would be our fast from Lent. Boy, seven weeks without the news? Boy, that'd be a beautiful thing. (laughs) So we'll think about that. Because Christ is the Lord. This is the message that we have for us. This is the message we have for a world that's living in fear. Who is Lord? Here is Christ. Here's the anointed by God. He is in this world. He is offering himself to you to lead you. Think about that. You don't have to worry about who's going to be the president because Christ is your Lord. You don't have to worry about what other people think because Christ is your Lord. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen to you tomorrow because Christ is Lord, the Lord, par excellence, actually in control. Not sort of kind of able to manipulate people to get them to do what they want. So the angel comes and he says, and this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And where the gospel comes, there's always evidence. There's always a sign. The messenger of God always brings a sign. And you know what? The messenger of God, the sign that's often brought, is their own lives. 
their own lives. As a messenger of the gospel, I'm called to be a partaker of the gospel. You know, we might not see a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, but my life is meant to be a, a revelation to everybody that I interact with. That you know what? This is real. Because what was a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger? This wasn't just some vision. They weren't, I've, I read someone saying that they were, you know, these shepherds, they were tripping on mushrooms, man. He probably said, dude, I don't know, whatever. No, there was a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. How do we know that the angels were real? How do we know that this message was real, that they weren't just tripping on some mushrooms, dude? There was a real baby lying in a manger. This is true. This is reality. This is reality. This is the truth of God. So the shepherds test the message. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. This is a test. Let's go and see. Hey, we've got the gospel. We've got the truth of God. We've got the promises of God, right? We've, we've got the leading of God. We've got the commands of God. God teaches us how to live in this world properly. Do you know that having me loving my wife is actually the best way that we can have our marriage instead of me manipulating her to get what I want out of our marriage? Do you know that her actually honoring and respecting me is the best way that we could devise our marriage? All the ways that the world tries to figure out marriage, um, they don't work. You know, living for God is actually the most satisfying thing. Let's go and see. Let's take the word of God. Let's take the promises of God. Let's take the commands of God. Bring them into our lives. And let's see. Does this really work? Is this really true? Is this true? If you haven't tested it, how would you really know? If you haven't taken it up and said, you know what? I'm going to try to live this way. I'm going to live according to Jesus' commands. I think he probably knows this world better than I do. I'm going to live according to God's promises. Then I don't have to be afraid. Let's go and see. The shepherds, they came and they tested it. They said, let's go and see this thing. You know what? When they went and they saw, they saw. They went to see and they saw. There's a joke in there, but I'm not going to make it. What are we called to do? We're called to, to take some time in the Word of God. And when you run across a promise, this is one of the things that I have my confirmants do. When you run across a promise, I'm all tied up in my stuff. To take it and ask the question, how can I live this out? What does this mean for my life? What does this mean for me? How would this change my life if it were true? And then how can I live that way? Because like we saw with the Priscilla Schreier thing, the promises of God are for us now. I can't say it like she did because I'm quite a number of, because I'm Norwegian. <laughs> this is me excited. Um, <laughs> it is me sad too, yep. And so this is, this is the truth of God. This is what we're called to do as Christians, to put it to the test. How do you test the truth of God? Live it out. Live it out. This is pietism. Live it out. This is what pietism is supposed to be. Live it out. Make it part of our lives. Embrace it. You know? Try 
putting your wife forward for a week in front of your own wants and desires. See how that affects your marriage. Try honoring and respecting your husband even when he's not honorable and respectable. And see what that does to your marriage. Test it. Try taking all of your worries and concerns and bringing them to the Lord in prayer. Test it. See what that does to you. Does it work? You know, I remember the story about the pastor's wife who was being rebuked one day because she worried so much. And she said, why? My worrying works. The person that was getting after her was saying, what do you mean? She said, 99% of the stuff I worry about doesn't happen. Obviously, it works. Prayer really does. So we take the promises of God and we bring them to the Lord. But you know, if you do that, I'll promise you one thing. You'll be tempted. You will be tempted to doubt. You will be tempted to fear. You will be tempted to blame any good things on yourself or on, your own circ- on the other circumstances. You will be tempted. Satan will come. And you'll say, no, it wasn't really that. It, that didn't happen because you prayed. Like, that's not how that works. Or, well, you prayed and God didn't answer. Obviously, prayer doesn't work. Obviously, God doesn't listen. Obviously, God doesn't know better than you do. And you'll be tempted. If you set yourself, set that vow to love your wife for this week and to put her first, you're going to be tempted. If you set yourself to honor your husband and to respect him throughout this week, you're going to be tempted. I promise that. But that's what happens when we strive to live according to God's ways. We'll be tempted. You know what? You're tempted anyways. So why not? Test. Let's go and see. Is, is this true? Is this real? Does God tell the truth? Does God lie? Let's go and see what the Lord has told us. And then what did, the, what did the shepherds do? And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And so what was their first reaction? Hey, you guys, these angels came and told us about the Savior. And this is what they told us. This is what we did. This is what we found. You guys got to go and check this out. So what would, imagine this. Let's break the story a little bit. Imagine this. The angels come. Tell the shepherds. Hey, shepherds. Christ the Savior has been born. You find him wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And the shepherds went out. And before they ever checked, before they ever went, they started telling people. They started telling people, hey, you guys, we saw angels. And they said Christ was born. And he's lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths. What would be your first question? How do you know? Where'd you find the shrooms, dude? You, you didn't go and see? This is where, yeah, because... Yep, and you know what? I'm doing that right now. I'm standing in the place of the messenger. You know, and this is... So you guys are being called to go and see. Go and see. Test these things out. Check them out. And so when the shepherds went and checked them out, then they saw. And after they saw, they had something to bring into the rest of the world. 
Because if you, I think, do you ever remember the rain, my Rainsoft story? So when, when we were first, it's been a long time since I thought about that. Um, when we first moved here to St. James, a Rainsoft salesman came. None of you are Rainsoft salesmen, are you? Oh, okay, good. Be better than this guy. He came to our place and he's trying to sell us a Rainsoft water softener. And he goes, these things are great. These things are amazing. And I was like, well, do you have one? He goes, well, no. I, I live in an apartment. I, but ever since I was a kid, I've wanted one of these. <laughs> You've always wanted a water softener? Like, I was pretty excited about our, our RO system, but um, not a water softener. And so he's trying to sell me something that he's never had, he's never used, he doesn't know in reality, and then he's lying to me about always wanting to know it in reality. Obviously lying, because who wants a water softener? As a kid, yeah. Like, I'm sure that's one of the things that Ethan's come to Brian to say, or you know, Luke to John. Daddy, can we get a rain soft water softener? <laughs> Those things are awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. If you don't partake, yeah, if you don't partake, how do you evangelize? Because that's what a salesman is. A salesman is an evangelist for the gospel. An evangelist is a salesman for the gospel. I was like, that. I just said that wrong. An evangelist is a salesman for the gospel. Who are the best salesmen? The people who participate, who partake in their wares, who love them, who enjoy them. And so what are we called to do? Go and see. Why are we called to go and see? So that we can see. That's for our benefit. But as we benefit from it, you are going to naturally start to share that. You're like, well, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to share. Then go and see. That means you're not going and seeing. That means you're not applying these things in your life. That means you're not living out the gospel. If you don't have anything to share with anybody, if you don't have any witness as to how God has forgiven you, as to how God has loved you, how God has blessed you, how God has guided you, how God has provided for you, how God has granted you peace in the time of turmoil and anxiety, how God has worked in your family or how God has worked in your own life, if you don't have anything that you could share to anybody about any of those things, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need to go and see. Because God works. You need to apply these things into your lives. Live them out. Because as you do, you'll have the opportunity to share. Does that mean that everybody's going to share in the exact same way? No. Not everybody's going to be Edgar. Not everybody's going to be me. What did Mary do? What did Mary do when she found out about all of these things? She pondered them. You know what? That's how some people are going to react. But you know how we knew that Mary pondered them? You know how Luke, the book of Luke was written? Luke went around interviewing people. And so Mary's pondering. Luke didn't go to the shepherds. Luke went to Mary. Mary's pondering wasn't this big flashy evangelism. It was an evangelism that as people asked, she told. As the opportunity arose, she told she pondered these things in her heart. She had something to share. But she wasn't the outfront person. Nowhere do we see Mary being the outfront person. We see Mary coming to Jesus and talking to him at the wedding at Cana. But other than that, we don't see Mary out front. 
But when Luke came to talk to Mary, Mary told him what went on, what happened. So when someone comes to you to ask, hey, Kevin, what did you do when you needed a new job and you're struggling with that? How did God work in your life? Someone come to ask, do you have a message for them? This is what God has done. This is how God works. This is why you need to trust Jesus. Because it's in that that we reveal God into this world. That we then participate in the revelation of God in this world. That we live out the gospel, that we show the truth of God. This is what we're called to do. And you know what? God says this is the greatest thing. Blessed are the feet of those who bring the good news. We're told that in the book of Revelation, right? How many of you would like to be blessed? All right, share the gospel. Yeah, that's it. There's other ways to be blessed too. But that's a promised way. Blessed are the feet of those who share the good news. You want your relationship with God to grow? Share the gospel. You might not be an out front evangelist. I'm not expecting Cheryl to get up on stage and start preaching. Sure, Gene, maybe you. No? Okay, well, when people ask, be ready. Because God will bring people into your life. It might not be every day, it might not be every time, it might not be all the time. But God will bring people into your life. When God does, be ready. As you're living this out, like we talked about in men's Bible study, as you're living this out, the Holy Spirit will reveal to people that there's something different about your life and that you've got an answer that they don't have. As you're going and seeing, as you're participating and partaking in the gospel, the world will see that there's something different about you and you will be asked. The Holy Spirit will make sure of it. So if you are one of those I'm not, I'm not a stand-up front sort of person. Ponder these things in your heart. Prepare the message in advance so that when people come to ask, you will have something to share. And if you're an out front sort of person, do it. Take every opportunity because we live in a world right now that doesn't know the gospel. They think politicians are in control. How sad. How terrifying. How terrifying. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for sending messengers to us. We thank you that we get to be messengers. Lord, we thank you for your gospel. We thank you that these things are true, that these things are real. Lord, that that we can participate in them and that we can find then that they are solid and they're life-changing to the better. Lord, we thank you Pray that we would be bold. Bold in our evangelization and bold in our ponderings. Lord, so that when people come to ask, that we might share. Grant us the grace to share. Grant us that blessing, the opportunity. Open up doors for us. Lord, And when those doors open, may we be bold. Bold to share your gospel, to share the truth of Jesus Christ into a world that needs it. Father, bless us in this manner. Bless us with boldness, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.